So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. And just deciding that the shadow side is something to be shunned. See? It's like your Babadook. You need to make peace with it. I embrace my shadow yeah. realm 100%. <laughs> no, that's super real. Like, there's, I'm, I know that young has sort of gone out of fashion, but I really like young. Um, and I think that, yeah, you need to love your monster. Um, and embracing your shadow self is important and locking out any emotions because you've determined that they're negative is actually, that is a toxic action that you're taking against yourself. It is. And there's so many people, especially within my like little niche of fashion that are constantly positive. I'm like, that's unrealistic. And it doesn't leave room to actually address important issues, whether it be political or emotional or even a healthy way of living. Yeah. Being constantly positive erases that. And yeah. so people think that if you're at 100% all the time, that it's the way that you should live and strive for, but that's not accurate. I also think that it people really gravitate towards authenticity. And that can be really terrifying when we're all, essentially we're all brands at this point. Whether or not you <laughs> like it, we are all brands. That's what social media has done to us. But um whether you like it or not, I think that there there are important things that you can do with that. And I should probably put a PR spin um, and not say <laughs> brands, but like we we are experiences that are either authentic or not. And a lot of accounts can make people, if it's so overwhelmingly positive that it seems fictional, it can actually give people anxiety and make them feel like they're not they're not measuring up as humans because shouldn't they be at 100% all the time? And I think that that's not like a healthy narrative. Um, and we're talking a little bit about mental health previously about how important it is to address that. Um, and I think that I really value the people who are brave enough to open up about today is a good day, but yesterday was not. Um, and knowing that you are not alone and that someone that, you know, we see someone online and we fill in the gaps and we kind of turn them into a superhero. Oh my and goodness. that's so unfair. This is why. So when people think that I'm a positive force, I'm like, I've never said that I was a hero. If anything, I relate closer to villains. Yeah. I would consider myself more of a villain than a hero. And yeah. if anything, an anti-hero. So yeah. Stop putting people on pedestals. They can't live up to that expectation ever. Yeah. And it's honestly Women don't dangerous. get to be anti-heroes. Now that I think about it, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. This is like, and I don't mean to go off topic, but I remember in, um, in grad school in my script writing class and I started to track it because I'm kind of, I'm super nerdy. Um, but I would track like whether it was, a female writer or a male writer. And after a couple of classes, like all of the female writers 
the question that they kept being asked, like it was like the first question. It was like, well, your character's not likable enough. Meanwhile, the as a counterpoint, right? So I had presented a female character that was, I thought, real, like had flaws and had, you know, but she wasn't likable enough. I had presented immediately after um, another student who the first 10 pages of his story, he beats up his girlfriend and then kills his, one of his parents. And no one was like, you know, your character isn't likable enough. I think you need to work on that. I don't know how you wouldn't like you yell know? in that class. And so I know if, and I had been tracking it for a while. So I literally had like the tick marks and I was like, um, you know, we just heard this thing and no one asked, oh, he's not likable enough. But I'm noticing that the women in this class are getting asked like, oh, our characters need to be likable. And I think that that's problematic. So um, thank you for bringing that up about being an <laughs> anti-hero. And what does that mean to you? Um, I do a lot of maybe, I don't want to say slacktivism because I don't want to say that all my activism is on social media. I do in-person stuff as well. But You're here, IRL. That's <laughs> yeah, big. I know I am here. I came all the way. It's like a 40-minute trip. But um, I would say I'm an anti-hero because I'm, I'm too gritty. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I'm too real. Too gritty for whom? For people who want that plastic Barbie world. They want that positive space and they want heroes that are unobtainable. Yeah. And I can't be that. I can never be that. I have too much, I think people would call it baggage, to be that type of hero. I'm, I hate I hate Batman fans sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> I'm closer to a Batman type of world than mm-hmm. I am, that I would like to be. Um... Being an anti-hero is just, I'm not the hero that people want, but I'm the one that's going to be there, like, when you need it. Yeah. So that's what I would say. The hero that people need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's crucial. Um, So if we get into, like, the grittier parts and areas that I think that a lot of times were... You need to be nice. You need to... And yes, being nice is important. Being conscientious is important. But you also need to take care of yourself. Right, people forget about that. You can be nice to a point, I think is what my grandmother told me. And I was just like, thank you, grandma. I really needed that growing up. Yeah. There was a time in my past where I, rest in peace, past Jade. (laughs) I was constantly nice. Yeah. Unbelievably nice. I was, um, I guess, better at being fake than being the real version of myself. And I have, a, I have a transition point in time where I transition from being this fake, positive, like everything's going okie dokie and perfectly well to, you know what, I live in a gritty world and I just need to admit that. Yeah. Can you think, was there like a, a stream of events or a particular like straw that broke the camel's back? Honestly, I'm not going to throw, I don't want to throw shade to all the white people in my life, but going to a white school, <laughs> a white college, yeah. um, specifically liberal arts college, was really the turning point. And it's funny because my best friend from middle school and high school, she was like, Jade, don't you go to that white school. You're not going to, you're not going to survive as well as you think you are. I'm just like, oh no, I'll be fine. I'm from Columbia. <laughs> it's fine. I'm used to interacting with people who don't look like me. Yeah. But, that but was- maybe they weren't accustomed to the same 
Yeah, they were not. Um, I was in a place where some people have never ever seen a black person. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and navigating that space, um, I couldn't be the version of myself that kind of cruised through high school yeah. on smiles and just being little five foot Jade. Yeah. I had to be realer to survive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the turning point was for me. Yeah. So were there like aggressions, microaggressions? Unbelievably like, a long list. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna be triggering, but like are there some that like that we can talk about? Yeah. And like yeah. maybe address so that like because I think that's um it is important to educate on how not to do this to people. Um, so if you feel comfortable sharing some of them. Yeah, no, I can. Um, so if you remember some of my earlier questions, the majority of them I think I heard when I was in college. Um, when you're in college, I think people think that it's just gonna go like TV good. Oof. And it's really it does not. not. <laughs> no. Everyone's experience is different, um, except for when I interact with other black women who also went to like an all white school, and we all have that same expression when we look at each other. Yeah. There's um. So being an English literature major, because I was a double major. American literature. Thank you. <laughs> American literature came to be my least favorite topic because whenever we got to slave literature, um, which I've never heard it called that before until I went to a white school. So mm -hmm. slave literature. Everyone in class. Now, help me out. Slave literature. So anything what from that? that time period, like think Frederick Douglass, okay. things like that. Um, anything that reflects on the American slave narrative, that's what that would be. And they call it slave literature? Yes, that's what they called it. And That seems problematic. There's a lot of problems with my, <laughs> with my college, which is unnamed. Because I don't want them to come at me. Oh, I, I, I've come at my college so many <laughs> times. So um, so what was irritating and one of like the first eye-opening experiences there was that whenever that topic came about in the curriculum mm -hmm. and the teacher started talking about it, and of course my teacher's white, and I'm just like, oh, okay. So I sat in the back of the class because like, I don't want to draw unnecessary attention to myself. I mean, I am like, I was one of those students where it's like, it's only like one or two black people in the class. And if I was the only one, that's even more yeah. challenging. And so when that topic would come up, people would actually turn around and like look to me instead of the teacher for like answers to questions that the teacher proposed. And I'm like, I'm not the voice for all black people yep. ever in history. Yep. So <laughs> that's really uncomfortable. And I shouldn't have the expectation to be an expert on all things black yeah. like, from the get go. That wasn't even my major. I'm here to learn about English literature. And you guys think that I'm just gonna know everything about black history ever and answer oh all gosh. these questions. <laughs> Yeah, that, okay, so we're talking about emotional labor. That is, a, <laughs> please represent every single black person throughout time. Like, are you kidding me? There's no way to do that. No, <laughs> no. I I don't know why they did that. And it was something that was consistent in classes that had that similar topic. Yeah. Where people would turn back. Didn't matter where I was, people would just turn and look at me as if I was going to answer that question. Yeah. And I wasn't going to raise my hand or say anything. I was just going to let them learn about the subject that I had already learned about in middle school. Yeah. And uh, I was just so exhausted having that experience over and over and over yeah. again. And that's only in the classroom setting. Outside of classrooms, we didn't get a black student union until my last two years. Wow. Um, 
it was hard for black students to meet up, especially around when Trump was doing his election. I think that's around that time. That was also very turbulent on campus. Yeah. We had students who were taking down posters of inclusivity. For, what? Yeah, it was it was a mess. I know. I can't believe I went to the school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so glad you made it through. Yeah, I'm surprised I made it through as well because... But that's the, it, do you think that's the shadow self? Yes, like, and making no. peace with it, or I would say that my shadow self—it's the only facet of myself that I haven't actually visualized yet, but I have it in mind. Um, it would be like a volcano, if anything, yeah. because I, it was just so much anger, yeah, at everything that was like unjust for my people, how people treated um, Black Lives Matter on campus, how they treated the shootings everything i was so were they dismissive angry. yes unbelievably dismissive it didn't matter and sadly nothing has changed and it hasn't and i am not going to go to any college reunion that's for sure yeah <laughs> but it's just one of those experiences that paired alongside me having um one of the most horrific relationship experiences of my life and i hope it's the last um, that was overwhelming. And yeah. I'm honestly surprised that I made it through college. Was that in college that you were in a bad relationship? Unfortunately, yes. I grew up with grandparents that were like, oh, you're going to college. Not because you got in college, because you earned it. You're going to college to get a husband. Okay. And so that narrative in itself is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to college to get a mate. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to learn or to better yourself. And they constantly had that narrative for me. And... It's crazy because when I was younger, I never said I wanted to get married yeah. or have children at all. But yet they kept pushing that on me. And so at some point, I met someone in college. Um, he was local to the area. Maybe that was my first mistake. Um, and it was unbelievably horrible. And it's a type of horror that, like, I can't even put it to pen yet. I touched upon it a little bit with one of the facets of myself, one of the narratives that I've written for. And I was honestly crying through it because yeah. I just couldn't I couldn't bear it and there's something about that time period the shattered self is what I would call it mm -hmm. and putting myself back together has been all that I've been doing I think ever since yeah well, okay, I need to breathe <laughs> um, well, you're doing it I am doing it um, colorfully I would say a little artistically um, there was a poem I wrote the collage of my former self because I felt like I was taking aspects of myself and trying to put it back together to give a picture of what I used to be but mm -hmm. then at some point I realized I I can't be who I used to be yeah. that's a totally different self <laughs> and that's unrealistic and putting myself together again I guess it's just it's the journey that I didn't expect to have in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've aged significantly on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some moments when I'm with my peers and I'm just like, I'm not saying that I'm more mature, but sometimes... You see more. Yeah. <laughs> trauma does age you. Yeah. And I feel it sometimes and I write about it, but I'm still here. I'm still presenting. That's why I'm an anti-hero. Yeah. Not I'm not the hero that you would expect from someone who loved literature and psychology. You would think I would be all about good vibes and things like that, but that's impossible. Yeah, no, that's fake. That's not possible. And I think if you strive to that, you end up having negative ripples in your life that will actually shatter your foundations because you cannot be that all the time. You really can't. And it's, 
that's so much pressure to be perfect that you lose who you are yeah. in that process. 